So let's go ahead and if you're if you're able to stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. Uh, we're going to be reading from the New Testament Gospel of Mark. New Testament Gospel of Mark. Amen. Uh, this is the first time that I went overtime in the prayer room. Amen. Usually you'll see Pastor right here at the beginning of the service. But there was just something there that wouldn't uh, wouldn't be released and I was worshiping the Lord and and uh, but thank God that this church is mature enough. To, they don't have to wait for the pastor to start church. Amen. You guys were already worshiping when I got in here. So praise God for that. Amen. So God has put something in my heart. And actually, I thought I was going to preach something else. But I felt confirmation in the spirit to preach this. And I kind of thought in my mind, well, not everybody's here. You know, should I still preach it? Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. I learned one thing. Never, never question God. Amen. You can question everything else, but never question God. Hallelujah. So I'm just going to preach whatever he has. And I want to welcome our online attenders. And hopefully if uh, somebody missed it and that belongs to this church, they can watch the replay. So Mark chapter 1, verse 16 through 18, the new King and the King James Version, it says, Now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net. Turn to your neighbor and say, he was casting a net. He wasn't fishing with a fishing pole. He was casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. They were normal fishermen. But Jesus, when he comes into your life, he changes everything. There's a paradigm shift. And he says, and Jesus said unto them, come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Notice how he switched it. They were fishermen. Now he says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And straightway they, they forsook their nets and followed him. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. Amen. I'm going to preach for a little bit. On this subject, amen. End time need, fishers of men. The end time need, brothers and sisters, friends of mine, people watching online, is fishers of men. Hallelujah. Father, we come before you. We thank you for allowing us the privilege to be here in your house of worship, Lord. And I pray that everyone that is here said in their heart as they were here, Lord, that they were glad to come to the house of the Lord, Father. Let your blessing and anointing be upon your servant that I will deliver what you have for us today, God. Not my will, but your will be done. Let miracles, signs, and wonders, let the power of God move in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before you are seated, I want you to go across to one or two people on either side of you and tell them, Jesus is looking for you. Take that jacket off because I feel like I have a straight jacket on or something. Praise God. End 
time need? Fishers of men. Hallelujah. Fishers of men. Now, I don't know about you, but can I see the hands of those of you that have ever went fishing in your life? Amen. Hallelujah. And let me guess, a big one got away, right? <laughs> I remember as a kid, I, I was probably, I know it was before my 13th birthday, but I remember going with my cousin and, and Louis and his dad, Nello, and they loved fishing. They, there was two things they loved to do. He loved Dodger games and he loved fishing. Amen. Matter of fact, he was the first one that took me to my first uh, baseball game, Major League Baseball game. But I remember they took me out there and I was all excited, man, because I only seen it on cartoons and I seen it on the television, you know, what fishing was like. And I remember going out there. We arrived there. It was very early in the morning. And then I remember him saying, come over here. I need to show you how to how to uh, set up the fishing pole first. So I noticed, first of all, that my fishing pole looked a little different than theirs. I don't know if they still have them, but it was one of those ones where you didn't flip, flip the reel and cast, but you pushed a little button and it would release the string. <laughs> so I said, what's this? He goes, oh, well, this is beginners. You have to use this one because you don't know how to fish yet. But all you got to do is you got to pull it behind you, and right when you're going to throw it forward, push the button and cast it. And then the other thing I noticed that it, my, my uh, fishing hook had a bobber, and they didn't have bobbers. They had weights, so I'm thinking, what's going on here? Well, once again, you have to learn how to fish because when you cast it, you're going to keep your eye on that bobber, he said. And when you see that bobber go underwater, that means that a fish is hitting it. And you got to, and anyways, they went through the whole thing. And to this day, I remember going, getting hits and I pull it and I reeled it in. Oh, there's no fish. He says, well, you pulled it too hard. You probably pulled the hook right out of the fish's mouth. You got to get a little gentle, a little gentle, you know, hit there and then reel it in. But I don't remember catching any fish that day. So my memory and my dream of how it was going to be, I was going to go fishing and catch a big old, you know, chest full of, of trout or, you know, or bass, whatever was out there that day, amen, was, was, it was a, a figment of my imagination. Amen. So fishing was fun, but yet it was disappointing to me because it was harder than I thought it was. The fishing industry in the United States alone is valued at around $11.5 billion was recorded in 2022. Could you imagine that? Just in the United States alone, the fishing industry was valued at $11.5 billion. Hallelujah. Think of the staggering value of simple, stinking fish. Amen. Now, I apologize to those of you that are great seafood eaters, but I do eat fish once in a while, but it's not my favorite thing. I'd rather have steaks, ribs, chicken, tri-tip, maybe some shrimp every now and then, and maybe some fish. When we go to, to the beach, right, babe? Once in a while, I'll get that if they have that smoked fish. Amen. But that's very uh, revealing that it's that 
much money in this fishing industry business. Think of that, 11.5 billion. Now, if you could just take one of those billions of dollars, you could buy about 1,900 medium range houses and you can give them away to your family, your friends, and anybody that you choose to. Just think of that. One of those billions of dollars, you can go out there and buy 1,900 medium range houses. Four bedroom, three bedroom, doesn't matter. Medium range houses, 1,900. Amen. And that puts in perspective the magnitude and value of this fishing industry that I am talking about today. But in contrast, we see through God's eyes the value of what he is really after. The Bible says, amen, that familiar verse in Mark chapter 8 and verse 36, for what will it profit? He's talking about value. He says, what will it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Now, we're not talking about the United States now. We're talking about the world. We're not talking about 1,009 houses, but millions and millions of houses in value. Gold and silver and everything that is contained in this world that you and I live in, Jesus looked at it and he said, it's not worth more than one soul. One soul is worth Hallelujah. I would not give up the world for one soul. What does it profit you, he's saying? If someone was able to promise you the whole world for the possession of your soul. Mark chapter 4 records Jesus, amen, when he was in the wilderness and he was fasting for 40 days before he started his earthly ministry, that he encountered Satan, and Satan tried to knock Jesus off of his mission. Jesus was on a mission. Amen. He was going to commission us later on, but he was on a mission to save one soul. One soul. By offering him, all the kingdoms of the world, Satan put before him. He said, look, all these kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, they are mine. He said, I will give them all to you if you would just give up your mission and just bow down to me, worship me, bow down before me. But Jesus refused to give up his mission for just one soul, for all the kingdoms of the world. Could you imagine that? He refused to budge. There must have been something important and valuable that he was not going to be detoured or shaken from his mission to save the soul of man. And Jesus, amen, showed us this example Amen. He came in the flesh. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. He came in, in the flesh of Jesus Christ for one mission. 
and that was to save the lost at any cost. Save the lost at any cost. What if the church today had that same mentality of Jesus? We say that we put on the mind of Christ, but do we really, hallelujah, see the value that he put in the soul of a man and woman that was lost and needed to be saved, hallelujah? Do we see what he sees, hallelujah? What if the church today would say, pastor, we need to get going and start saving souls at any cost. It might cost me money. It might cost me my time. It might cost me things, hallelujah. But I do not care because at any cost, we must save the lost. Well, that's too radical, pastor. That's too far right out there. That's not the way that God is, hallelujah. Pay attention. Listen to me a little bit. He refused to give up his mission, to save the lost at any cost. And if we, the church, listen to me, we, the church, we, the body of believers listening today are going to be blessed, we must put the first thing first again. Come on, let's be honest with ourselves. We fill the calendar with so many things that have nothing to do with winning souls, hallelujah. We put our, all our time, our effort and money in beautifying our churches, hallelujah, and painting new buses, hallelujah, and coming up with new programs and buying fancy instruments and all kinds of things of modern technology, but not one dollar, hallelujah, is going towards the salvation of souls, of reaching a lost and dying world. What do you think God thinks when he looks down upon us and he sees us turned all around? if we would have the value system of Jesus Christ to save the lost at any cost. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's time to put the first things first. You will notice something in our scriptures like our text today. After Jesus came out of the wilderness to start his earthly ministry, he knew he couldn't just be a one-man show. Sure, he was God manifested in the flesh, but he had to be an example. He had to show a roadmap of how things were going to be done to build his church. And he began to choose men. We see, what did he tell them? He seen them over there mending their nets, and he says, come with me. I'm gonna make you fishers of men. The first Thing on his agenda was to make and recruit soul winners. That's what a fisher of men is, a soul winner. His first thing. Now I know I'm gonna step on some toes and probably hurt some people's feelings. But he wasn't looking for leaders first. He wasn't looking for musicians first. He wasn't even looking for worshipers first. came to seek worshipers. Well, before he came to seek worshipers, he came to seek and save that which was lost. Huh? Think about it. 
If all those things were so important, why did he want to choose soul winners, fishers of men first? Because that's where his value was. That's where the focus of the church must return to. Hallelujah. Amen. We've got to comfortable. Hallelujah. You can't even get people to come to church hardly anymore. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not just talking about our Pentecostal apostolic church. I'm talking about the world. You see attendance declining. Hallelujah. Amen. And we are doing things to try to buck the trend. Hallelujah. And I know God is going to cause a, a mighty revival in these last days. Hallelujah. But you can't even get people, amen, to invest into the kingdom of God without twisting their arms and promising them something and patting them on the back and try not to offend them. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Hallelujah. I know I'm going to be out of the will of God if I stand, amen, to pat people on the back and tickle their ears when God is saying something else. He's saying, church, it's time to wake up. I shed my blood on Calvary so that souls could make it to heaven. I could care less about your 401k and your vacations, your nice car, and your comfort system. We got to get back to winning souls. I know that wasn't part of my notes. We got to get back to it. Oh, pastor, you better watch what you're saying because we're a small church right now. We can't afford to lose anybody. This isn't my church. Remember what the preacher said the other day. God starts at the beginning and he works back. From the end to the beginning. He already knows what Unity Worship Center is going to be like. He already knows, amen, what he's going to do. He steps back and he begins to gather people to work back to the end. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Hallelujah. That's going to take people that are sold out on winning souls for the kingdom of God. Fishers of men, hallelujah. Everything that comes in the word of God after God bringing fishers, making fishers of men and soul winners was to serve the first thing, which are souls. That's why we need leaders. That's why we need musicians. That's why we need all these other things in the church. To what? To win souls. Did you hear me? To win souls, hallelujah. Not to be just like all the other churches and say, yeah, we're just like you. Oh, yes, hallelujah, praise God. Look at my attendance record and all these people, this and that. It's not for that. It's for the salvation of souls. We really have to get this, hallelujah. Amen, every second that we live, we live to do the will of God. And what is his will? To win the lost. And we have to be willing to examine ourselves. And here's the exam today, people. If we haven't been bringing new people to Jesus, then we gotta ask ourselves the question, are we involved in the evangelism events? Are we, do we try to avoid it? Oh, Pastor, put more evangelism. Oh, more evangelism. Man, you're cramping my style, Pastor. Taking all my 
my time. Hallelujah. Man, you're going to ruin my tan. You're ruining my timeshare. Hallelujah. You're cramping my style. Hallelujah. You see, there's one problem with that. The Lord didn't save us to go enjoy the things of this world. Yes, I do believe that we have to have balance and we have to be able to invest in, 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 in other things, hallelujah. But never should we get to the point that we neglect the salvation of souls. Did you hear me? When we neglect the salvation of souls, hallelujah. Well, you're preaching too hard, pastor. No, I feel that the spirit is saying we need to get back to that. We need to get back to that. I need to get back to that. Am I involved in the evangelism events? Am I involved in the bridge ministries that go out on Saturday? Hallelujah. Don't you think that these leaders get tired, hallelujah? Don't you think that they get weary, hallelujah, trying to stand in the gap, trying to hold the fort, trying to build something, amen, that God has put in the heart of this church, hallelujah, when God has been speaking to you, he's been speaking to me, and we know that we should be out there when we have the opportunity to support these people, to pray for souls, to bring them into the kingdom of God, to pray them through for the Holy goes to know that we were part of their salvation that's the exam today I haven't been bringing people to Jesus am I involved in the evangelistic events am I involved in bridge ministry am I involved in home bible studies home bible studies what's that you speaking French pastor What's a home Bible study? Well, I probably hold myself part responsible for not promoting that in the church, but things are going to change. We need to do whatever we can to receive the harvest that God has for us. How do you think that those first 200 are going to come in? You think they're just going to flop in our laps? You think they're just going to just waltz their way in here out of out of uh, some luck, hallelujah, no. Somebody's gonna be praying, somebody's gonna be fasting, somebody's gonna be reaching, somebody's gonna be passing out flyers, somebody's gonna be inviting, somebody's gonna be teaching Bible studies. Jesus said, what did he say in Luke chapter 14? Amen. When he was talking about that man, amen, that ruler that made a big supper and inviting people. i tell you one thing. Did you know there's going to be a, a rapture of the church coming soon? Did you know that Jesus is coming back a second time? Hallelujah. Did you know that he's preparing a marriage supper of the lamb? Hallelujah. He's preparing a great reception in heaven to receive the people that have received his plan of salvation. He's getting ready to take them home. Well, he said, I, I made a big supper. He goes, go out in the streets. Go out in the highways. Go out in the byways. Go everywhere. Get the lame. Get the maimed. Get the poor. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. What good are the lame, the maimed, the homeless, and the poor going to do the church? Huh? Remember, God starts at the end. He goes back to the beginning. 
and he accomplishes what he already finished. Huh? That homeless person, you heard Pastor Cornejo say, that homeless person, you might think is nothing useless. The future pastor, God already said right there. The future pastor of a church plant at Unity Worship Center. A future evangelist, hallelujah. A future choir director, sister right there, hallelujah. A future counselor, amen. A future women's director home of a, of a home program in the church, hallelujah. Jesus already sees it. And what did he say? And that servant came back and said, I already, I already invited everybody that I can. And what did he say in verse 23? He says, I want you to invite as much as you can that my house may be filled. Hallelujah. That my house may be filled. Hallelujah. I know that we're still a small church and we, we came into this big old building. It makes you feel uncomfortable. Oh, it was better off when we were there on Richardson Street in that little old building because it always looked like the house was packed out. Now if one person misses, it looks like the whole church is empty. And the devil is playing mind games. I thank God that he's put us here to make us feel uncomfortable. Did you hear me? Because he wants his house to be filled. How serious is this thing, pastor? Well, when Jesus gave his plan of salvation in John 3, 5 and Acts 2, 38, he had to endure pain, shame, mocking, torture on his way to Calvary. And then they hung him on the cross and he had to stay there suffering for six more hours before he gave up his life for our salvation. That's how serious it is. We can't put so winning on the back burner. We can't put winning the loss on the back burner. Hallelujah. We are shaming God. We are shaming the cross. We are doing injustice to the sacrifice that Jesus paid on Calvary when we don't care about souls. Well, my name's written in the book of life. We're satisfied just because our names are written in the book of life. Hallelujah. For six hours he suffered. Think about that. After all the whipping, the gorging, the mocking, and everything else, he still has to be there, suspended. But let me tell you the good news. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, thank God there's good news. <laughs> the good news today is that God is bringing a harvest of souls into the body of Christ. There is a word going out. There is a voice in the spirit, hallelujah. There is an agreement across the apostolic movement uh, that there is a harvest, hallelujah. There is a gathering, hallelujah. Amen. There is a rising up of apostolic ministry, amen, to gather as many souls back into the body before Jesus returns. And he is bringing specific people to a specific church, a specific 
body of believers. God could have took you any other church, hallelujah, somewhere else. And maybe some of you are thinking in your mind, you wish you were at another church, hallelujah. But let me tell you something, God don't make mistakes, but if you want to argue with him, that's between you and God. But he brings people to a specific place to win a specific people. And God has placed this church to raise up and win this city of Highland for the kingdom of God. And San Bernardino will come next. Whatever city in the region will come next if God should tarry. But God is gathering people. He's gathering them together. You have been chosen by God according to your personality, according to your your education, according to your background, everything God took into consideration when he put you where you were today. That's the good news he's bringing. So you're right where God wants you to be, hallelujah. And your journey is not over, hallelujah. But you're right where God wants you to be because we are empty, hear me now. We are entering God's time of multiplication. And the devil's fighting as hard as he can, trying to discourage people one more time. Oh, just let go. Forget about the dream. Forget about the vision. Forget about this and that. Hallelujah. Oh, he's just trying to shake it. And the Bible says that those things that can be shaken will be shaken. There's a shaking in the land, hallelujah. But I thank God that there's some brothers and sisters that are hanging on by faith. And they say, Pastor, I still believe that God is going to do it, hallelujah. I still believe God's going to do something greater. He's going to do things that I've never seen before. Miracles, signs, and wonders. He's going to do things that I've never seen before. Because there's an end time need for fishers of men. There is a time to fish with a pole. One fish at a time. And there's a time to fish with a net. Multiplication. Single multiplication. I believe that we're entering a time of multiplication. And there are churches that will situate themselves. Churches that know how to pray fast. Churches that know, amen, that souls, amen, mean everything to God. Amen. People, amen, hallelujah, that believe, hallelujah, that God's going to come back for a church that look like the church on the book of Acts. People that are waiting, people that are hungry, people that are thirsty. They are the ones that are going to begin. I invite you to go back and listen to Pastor Elder George Barboza's message. Go back and listen to Bishop Augustine Hoyer's message. Go back to listen to all those preachers, hallelujah, that have preached from our first year to year and the words that they have spoken that have not come to pass yet. A time of multiplication. A time to start fishing with a net. But the things about fishing with a net is that you need many hands, hallelujah. You only need one hand to fish with a pole, but to fish with a net, you need somebody to help you. Did you hear me? 
God is telling the church we all have to join together in a united effort to win souls for his kingdom. Hallelujah. This isn't about a one man, a one woman show. Hallelujah. It's going to take a team effort. Hallelujah. God needs every one of us to get our hands on the net to save souls. And we see this in our scripture in Mark chapter 1, verse 16 and 18. We see this in, in Luke chapter 5, verse 4. And Peter had just got done fishing all night long. He's already washing his nets, cleaning his nets. And Jesus comes to him and he says, Peter, I want you to go out into the deep one more time and let down your net. Cast your net, Peter. Peter, you got to understand, has been fishing all night. He's a professional fisherman. He's not a novice. He's a professional. He knows the times, the, how the tides, time of the tides, and when fish bite the most. And Jesus went against all things, and he just said, Go out again and cast it in the deep. Peter did one complaint. He says, Lord, I've been fishing all night. But nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to go out and I'll cast my net. And he caught the greatest harvest of fish when he was obedient to the voice of Jesus Christ. He, when he was obedient and he was in alignment with the will and the word of God manifested in the flesh, he caught the biggest harvest. And if church, if we are not careful and we do not hear the voice of the Lord at his time saying that it's time, Unity Worship Center, to go cast your net into the deep, hallelujah. And if we don't have enough labors, hallelujah, something bad, amen, is going to happen, hallelujah. And we see this happening. And in verse 4, I understand that you have to step out further in faith than you're used to to catch greater things for God. Go out in the deep, Peter, hallelujah. I want you to go out in the deep. Trust me. Evangelism, Bible studies, winning souls, that kind of not my thing. It scares me a little bit. People can be mean, Pastor. What if they reject me? I said the same thing on my first time as a new believer going out door knocking. What if they tell me, get out of here? What if they rip the track up in front of my face and slam the door in front of me? You'll learn that once you get past that devil's trick, oh, you just feel so good. Oh, knocking on that next door, talking to that next person, hallelujah. We don't really do that door knocking as much as we, we used to do. Amen, but you got to be willing to go out a little further than you used to to catch greater things from God. Verse 5, you will have to fight fears and past failures when all you have is a word from God. Peter already had failed 
He fished all night and caught nothing. And God has told him to go out again and cast my net into the deep. You have to fight your fears and failures. But you have to listen to the word of God. We see in verse 6 and 7, God has a harvest so great that we are going to need as much help as possible not to lose it. When they obeyed God and they cast their net, hallelujah, the Bible says that that catch was so great that the net began to break and they began to yell to the other people on the other boat to come and help us. This fish, man, this harvest is so great, we're going to lose it if we don't band together and, and take care of it and bring it into the boat. He's looking for fishes and men. In verse 10, finally Jesus said what he was really talking about. He wasn't talking about fish. He was talking about catching men, catching souls, hallelujah. Everyone say the first 200. He was talking about catching men. This was not a lesson about Peter going out there and catching the record number of fish so he can brag to everybody. Peter, I'm trying to teach you a principle, a symbolic, amen, story. I am talking about catching men, Peter. He is talking to you, my friend, you that are listening online today. He is talking about catching souls for the kingdom of God. We've been getting that crazy idea of, of purchasing a van, a van and going out and bringing people from the streets to church. Who's going to fill the van if we get it? What if it's just parked out there in the parking lot catching dust and spiders? Somebody's stealing the battery and stealing the wheels. But what if we buy that van? Who's willing to help fill it? You see, the population in Highland was 57,159 people in 2020. Hallelujah. 57,159 people out there that need to be saved. You and I have our own personal harvest field of family, of friends, and neighbors that need to be saved. So you decide today how important, how true is it that the end time need of God is for fishers of men. I believe that if we can ask God to use every one of us. I know everybody's not here, but go ahead. If you want to count how many people are here, go ahead and count. But if you were to count all the members and they were all to show up to church and we were all to just bring two people to God's salvation plan, we would more than double each year winning the loss for the kingdom of Winning the loss for the kingdom of God. And I'm going to make a challenge today. I bought seven. I don't want.
want you to feel guilt. I want to make that clear. I don't want you to feel guilt, but I want you to, if you feel the conviction of the Holy Ghost. I bought seven Bible study charts that I learned how to give Bible studies at the age of 21. Bible study charts that are, have been designed by a wonderful man of God, Bishop Adam Lopez in Union City. He says, I built this church. You go to that church, it's a nice church. Probably holds, what, about 1,300, And he says, I didn't build this church on a tamale ministry or peanut brittle ministry. He said, I, we built this church by winning souls through Bible studies. And I bought, and, and, and they went out of production for many years, but I found a brother that bought the copyrights. And as soon as I did that, I bought seven of them. I said, you know, by faith. I wonder if there's seven people, man or woman, that would be willing to take one of these charts. And of course, you'll, you'll be taught some simple things. But how many are willing to take these seven, one of these seven charts to be a fisher of men? A fisher of men. Where's Brother Paul? Brother Paul, why don't you come up here and hold this? So at this time, is there anybody that wants to take one of these charts by faith because you know God's going to make you a fisher of men and women? They're free. They cost me. I won't tell you how much they cost me, but they cost me over 30 bucks. And I don't care if I have to buy more of them. Fishers of men. Come on. How many are left, Brother Paul? Three more left. Fishers of men. You're probably going to be like I said, I'm a 21-year-old kid trying to grow a mustache, barely married. I can't do that, Pastor. It was hard for me in school just giving a speech. It's hard for me to stand up in front of people. And look at here I am today preaching the, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it all started learning how to give simple Bible study. You see, this is greater than a 401k investment. This is greater than a stock market investment. Because you can never, ever put a price on something. And when you invest in his business, guess what? He's going to take care of your business. Anybody else? Maybe they're meant for somebody that's not here today, somebody that's, that's watching. One more call. Once again, don't come up here out of guilt. Come up here if God's convicting you to do it. Amen. Anybody want to be a fisher of men? Praise team, you better start making your way up here because people are, Feeling a little awkward right now. Hallelujah. The end time means stand with me at this time. 
The end time need is for fishers of men. Oh, yeah, and I forgot to mention, these Bible studies are in Spanish and English. You flip it over for Spanish and you flip it over for English. I thank God for Sister Kayla's dad, who's not even a member of this church. And he told me, Pastor, give me one of those. If you ever have anyone that needs a Bible study or anyone that only speaks Spanish, give me one and send them to me, Pastor. I will give them Bible studies for you. <laughs> you might say, well, where's yours, Pastor? Mine? Don't worry, mine's still at home. I ain't giving that one away. <laughs> but I will order more. If there's anybody else that comes to me and says, Pastor, you know, I was a little shy or I had to ask my spouse. I had to get permission from my significant other first. Come and let me know. There's more where that came from. But as the praise team makes their way, hallelujah. Amen. That is my assignment from the Lord today to preach this message. I don't know who the other are, but you might say, why did you, why did you get seven specific Bible studies? Because God told me that there were seven people. So I'm just being obedient. So we're gonna we're gonna worship God, Amen, with the worship team. But I think we really we really need a a, a conversation with God. Because maybe your burden for souls isn't as as deep as it should be. Amen. But we need to realize. We need to get back to what the main thing is in the church, and that's winning souls. That very same man, Bishop Adam Lopez, that designed these, these Bible charts over 30 years ago. One time, he told me this, he said, one time service started. He says, and I looked around. I said, is there any visitors here today? Raise your hand. And nobody rose their hand. He says, okay, what church? I'm going to tell you what. This Sunday service is over. We're not going to have church. So I'm going to dismiss, and I want every one of you to go out there and go invite people to, the, to Jesus Christ. Go invite them to the kingdom of God. Could you imagine that? He canceled Sunday service on the spot and said, go out there. We're not going to have church. You need to go out there. We need to go out there. And I know, you know, this might be harsh. I know, you know, it might be, make a lot of people feel com uncomfortable. But I believe, amen, if we're hearing the voice of the Lord today, amen, you're, you are going to be blessed. This church is going to be blessed. So stand with me as we get ready to to bring this service to a close here today. Yeah, that, that's a little hard, Pastor. You usually don't preach that hard. I know what God, I know the direction God is taking this church. I know what he's gonna do. And there's no doubt in my mind, hallelujah. And hopefully everyone that is hearing this Amen. 
is hearing what is coming from the heart today. Amen. But why don't we, whether it's here at this altar, right there, why don't we, we go before the Lord, hallelujah. Let's talk to God for a little bit. Lord, make me a soul winner. Make me a fisher of men, hallelujah. Nobody else was gonna be able to, to probably reach your family members but you. Nobody probably is gonna be able to, to meet, to reach your friends or your neighbors but you, hallelujah. You are their bridge. You are the bridge between them and God, the bridge to eternity. The question today is where will they spend eternity? I'm not talking about a time that's gonna end. I'm talking about time without end. Where will they spend eternity? Heaven or hell, where will they spend eternity? That's how serious this is. We don't play God. We don't judge where people are gonna go, but we know what the Bible says. And we have an opportunity to be fishers of men. I'm a fisher of men before I'm a pastor. I'm a fisher of men before I'm a leader or any other position in the church. I am a fisher of men. And we have to clear the whole calendar for the rest of the year of all the activities and just put evangelistic things on there. We'll do it. We will do it. But we got to take this seriously. Let's go before the Lord right now. Come on, somebody. My, my desire is not to guilt anybody, to make anybody feel bad. But my assignment from the Lord is to bring to the forefront what we need to be doing, what we need to get back to, hallelujah. What we need to ask God to give us a burden for anymore, for amen, hallelujah. I thank God that we're gonna have baptisms next Sunday. Is there anybody else that wants to join them? We are gonna have a baptism service next Sunday after church. Is there somebody that hasn't been baptized in Jesus' name yet? You haven't been fully immersed in the water, not in the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but in the name of Jesus, the only saving name that holds all authority. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, maybe you might wanna join them next Sunday. But God is calling you. He died for you. This message is all about saving people. Getting their names written in the book of life so that they can go to heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we come before you right now. You know our desire. You know our hearts today, God. Oh, Lord, hallelujah, you know our schedules, Father. You know everything about us, God. You know what we can truly give you and what we truly can, hallelujah. I know you give various amounts of talents according to how you know we are capable, God. I pray that you would allow us to multiply this talent before you come back, God. Oh, Lord, I don't want you to take my talent from me and give it to somebody else because I buried it and did nothing with it, God. I want to use my talent, God, to win the loss for your kingdom, Lord. 
Oh, help this church to become a soul winning church. Help this church to learn to work, amen, as a team, God, to cast the net, hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus, let there be a revival and a harvest, God, in our park services, in our Bible life groups, in our bridge ministries, God. I pray that you would send more labors, God. I pray you said the harvest is white and ready. I am praying that you would build and send more labors to our bridge ministries, to the evangelism, amen, efforts of this church, God. Send labors, God. Send labors in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, send labors, God. Here I am, Lord, send me. Can somebody say that? Here I am, Lord, send me. Come on, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Hallelujah. Say, ah, here I am, Lord, send me. Send me, Lord. I'm not satisfied with just being saved, God, and filling a pew. Hallelujah. Make me a fisher of men, God. Make me a fisher of men. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, in the name of 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 Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord, have your way, Jesus. He's gonna build this church one way or another, hallelujah. Those that are plain church, they're gonna be removed and he's gonna bring people that are serious about serving and winning, hallelujah. Father, if I'm not in your will, remove me from this pastoral position. In the name of Jesus, we will be a soul winning church. We will be a praying church. We will be a soul winning church. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 20% of the budget of this church is going to go towards evangelism and outreach. Hallelujah. Whatever we need to do, hallelujah. If we're gonna buy that van, God's gonna send somebody to drive the van, hallelujah. Come on, we drive by those souls. We drive by those people in the streets every day on the way to church. They need to be in the house of God, hallelujah. That's gonna break forth revival, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.